There are many ways people listen to Vision, including in cars through the Vision app. The Vision app is compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So if you have mobile coverage, you can stream any of Vision's live radio channels in crystal clear quality and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts all on the go. There are other ways to connect your phone to your vehicle speakers too. You can see detailed instructions when you Google ways to listen to Vision. However and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Tuesday, and it's been a regular occurrence now for so many years, I'm losing count. It's a special welcome back to Ron Ross as we have a look at the headlines that are showing breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross back with us. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, a significant time of the year, and for many Christians in their local church, they've just gone through last weekend a celebration of Pentecost. And there is an equivalent here in the uh, people of Israel uh, where last night Jews completed their celebrations of Shavuot. Now, give us a little bit of an explanation how that all fits in together. Well, Shavuot is a two-day holiday, uh, in Israel, beginning at sundown on the 5th of Sivan and lasting until nightfall on the 7th of Sivan. On our calendar, that's May 19 to 21. In Israel, it's a one-day holiday ending at nightfall on the 6th of Sivan. According to Jewish tradition, the Torah was given by God to the Jewish people on Mount Sinai on Shavuot more than 3,300 years ago. Every year on the holiday of Shavuot, the Jewish people renewed their acceptance of God's gift, and according to their belief, God re-gives the Bible. The giving of the Torah was a far-reaching spiritual event, one that touched the essence of the Jewish soul for all times. Jewish fathers have compared it to a wedding between God and the Jewish people. Shavuot means oaths, also means weeks, for on this day God swore eternal devotion to Israel, an oath, and in turn the people pledged everlasting loyalty to him. In ancient times, two wheat loaves would be offered in the holy temple on Shavuot. It was also at this time that people would begin to bring bikurim, their first and choicest fruits, to thank God for Israel's bounty. It's amazing to be living in Jerusalem uh, during Shavuot when the people take to the streets to celebrate the Torah, the Bible. Uh, Ron, before we move on, there's something very important just to recognise here, and that is that when you've got the Jewish people recognising all of these feasts and festivals, and they do that each year, and it reinforces the meaning from what they understand from Scripture. Uh, there's something very important for us all to learn from that, isn't there? Yeah, well, it, actually, Shavuot is a time where they focus on the book of Ruth, uh, because King David, whose passing occurred on this day, was a descendant of Ruth the Moabite. But one of the things that really impressed me, living among the Jewish people, was their dedication to the Old Testament. 
And sometimes I feel we often take our New Testament for granted. We can take the Lord for granted, but that's something I've never seen in Israel. And, of course, if we don't recognize milestones, it's easy to forget the meaning of what those are, and even bringing that down to Easter and Christmas. Uh, let's well, move also on. It's important to remember that uh, during his time on Earth, Jesus observed all the uh, festivals that are not the Jews' festivals, but actually the festivals of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on. Some other headlines. Uh, Paraguay has opened its embassy in Jerusalem, uh, following hot on the heels of the United States. Yeah, and Honduras is also expected to move its embassy in coming weeks. Israel remembers its friends and has no better friend than Paraguay, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said yesterday at the opening of the Paraguay embassy in Jerusalem. Netanyahu attended his third embassy opening ceremony in the capital in a week, pledged that now is the time for Israel and Paraguayan cooperation to flow like water. Paraguayan President Horacio Cates, who arrived in Israel at the weekend, opened the embassy along with Netanyahu in the Maha Technical College in the park, the same building in which Guatemala opened its embassy in the capital last week. The U.S. transferred its embassy to its consular section building in Jerusalem's Arnona neighborhood last Monday. Netanyahu, who called Cates a great friend of Israel and a great friend of mine, said that Cates, who will be leaving office in August, has done much for Paraguay and is now doing something for both our countries. This is a great day for Israel, a great day for Paraguay, and a great day for our friendship. The Prime Minister recalled that Paraguay helped Jews escape Nazi Germany both before and during the Holocaust, and also took in refugees after the war. It was an act of benevolence and mercy that is forever etched in our hearts, he said. Netanyahu also recalled that Paraguay supported the establishment of Israel during the petition vote in the UN in 1947. Paraguay, before, but especially under your leadership, took a very bold stance in international affairs and refused to cooperate with the lies directed against Israel, Netanyahu said. Let's talk about headlines addressing some of the issues of violence between Israel and the Palestinians and to focus on the Palestinians given the recent violence. The United States is expected to propose an international committee to manage Gaza with the help of Hamas. How does the headline unfold, Ron? That's amazing, is it? I haven't seen this in too many places. And at this stage, it's just a report. But during a recent visit to an unnamed Arab country, U.S. officials discussed the humanitarian crisis in Gaza and raised the idea of establishing an international committee to manage affairs in the coastal enclave. According to a report in the London-based Arabic-language Al-Hayat newspaper, the plan would require the Hamas terror group ruling Gaza to take a number of political steps to promote a U.S.-led peace initiative. The International Committee would be bankrolled by the USA, as well as countries in Europe, according to the report. The talks reportedly greatly angered Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas, who was said to have no interest in returning to talks with the Israelis brokered by the Trump administration. 
While the report did not identify the Arab country that hosted the summit by name, initial assessments indicate it might have been Egypt, which has been in increased talks with Hamas, and on Friday opened up its Rafah crossing with Gaza for the month of Ramadan. Cairo has only sporadically opened its sole border crossing with the coastal enclave for short intervals over the past several years of soured relations with the Islamic group. But we know uh, from the grapevine that Egypt has issued a directive to Hamas uh, and it's quite a confronting one. As you say, it's only a report right now, and I know there'll be a lot of people following that one along closely. Uh, Ron, the Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas has been hospitalised. Yeah, a Palestinian official says the Abbas has been hospitalised with a fever. The aide to Abbas, speaking on condition of anonymity, in line with their protocol, said the 83-year-old Palestinian leader was diagnosed with a fever on Sunday. Abbas had an ear operation last week and had returned to the hospital late Saturday for a follow-up. The Palestinian state news agency quoted the hospital director as saying test results are good without providing further details. We know that Abbas is a heavy smoker and has a long history of health issues ranging from heart trouble to a bout with prostate cancer a decade ago. Abbas has no designated successor and the Palestinians have not held a presidential election since 2005. Ron, one more, which is a very interesting headline, referring to recent historic events in Jerusalem. There's a prominent rabbi, Tully Weiss, who says it's time to start crediting Christians. How does that story eventuate? He asked the question, what motivated US President Donald Trump to go against decades of American policy at a time when the peace process is frozen amid warnings of Arab outrage and a looming nuclear threat from Iran, when neither mainstream American Jews or Israeli leaders were pushing. The answer is, he said, evangelical Christians, which represents a major shift in American-Israeli policy. The move of the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem happened And he said, Jews cannot take credit. The credit for the embassy's move goes to Christian Zionists. Forever and for good reasons, Jews have shied away from deepening ties with their Christian brethren, uh, the rabbi said. There is a new reality on the ground, he declared. As such, the Israel establishment and the Jewish community in the diaspora must begin to make serious efforts to better understand this new power broker at the pro-Israel table and start building relationships with our Christian friends. This is very encouraging, and what a sign of the times. Ron, it certainly is, and uh, thank you so much for taking that time to scour the headlines and find those that are so, so strong in our understanding of what's going on in the Middle East. Always appreciate our updates on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for taking some time to be with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.